Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Groundhog's Day, but 
by all means, please be safe, please be careful, but at the same time, enjoy yourself, people. It's worth it. Absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we'll give you, our, we'll give you all of our pop culture <clears throat> news abuse here tonight. Of course, of course, you have Full Love and Mania. AD also has a few stories here all on tap. And who knows, we might be we might be teasing J.D. again with some movie trivia. You never know here on Outside the Ropes here. Might <clears throat> uh, be also checkable, might be friends on Facebook as well. But, of course, give us a call right here if you're here to join us tonight for episode 38 of Outside the Ropes, which is 1724-444-7444. Call ID 141-387-POUND. And press that one if you want to chime in on anything we have to talk about here, of course, uh, during our during our big-time discussion of all that's been going on here uh, today and, of course, recently here in the pop culture world. Let's go ahead and see what we have on tap right here. Uh, first story coming out, Four Letter Mania, coming courtesy of Larry Zonka. Uh, of course, this is one person I'm not real fond of, but I'm going to do a story anyway, and all, but I'm sure a lot of people may have already have heard about this by now. Uh, singer, singer. She thinks she can sing, but she—that's my opinion. Uh, extraordinaire, Beyonce, apparently is pregnant with twins. Beyonce posted the following on Instagram, announcing that she is pregnant and is expecting twins. She posted a picture. Uh, I don't know, JD, if you've seen the picture, but it's her sitting uh, in front of a bunch of flowers, wearing nothing but a, a, a bra and a lacy pair of underwear and a big veil and just holding her big stomach. Well, we got to uh, say congratulations to her and Jay-Z, certainly. Certainly. Well, yeah, well, yeah, well of course, of course, when it comes to having a baby, of course, that is a very joyous occasion. We will definitely say congratulations. And, of course, commenting here on the Instagram, we will say, we will let share our love and happiness. We've been blessed two times over. We are incredibly grateful that our family will be grown by two and we, we thank you for your well wishes, courtesy of the Carters. Of course, Beyonce is married to uh, uh, hip-hop artist uh, Jay-Z, I do believe is what his name is. Yes. So I'm not into all that music, so I mean, that's why I'm taking a guess there on a lot of that. But we do wish him well, of course, with that, and hopefully everything goes well with, uh, <clears throat> uh, with, with of course, the greatest now that hope happens along the way. We would hate to have anything like that happen. Another uh, story comes from Joseph Lee of 411 Mania. Uh, Dennis Villanueva is the director remake of the classic science fiction movie Dune. Dune? Brian, Herbert, Brian Herbert, the son of Dune Arthur Frank Herbert, broke the news on Twitter that Dennis Villanueva, best known for Prisoners and Arrival, will direct a remake of the sci-fi epic. And, of course, he said, of course, this is coming from, this is coming from uh, Brian Herbert's Twitter account uh, yesterday evening. It's official. Legendary Pictures has signed a very talented Dennis Villanueva to direct the exciting new Dune series film project. Ooh. Brian has also written several sequel and prequel novels to Dune with Kevin J. Anderson, including Hunters of Dune and Sandworms of Dune. Bill Nueve, meanwhile, has stated that it's been a dream of his to remake the film. Legendary Pictures acquired the rights last November, and there were rumors that Bill Nueve was being considered. And here is a hypnosis. <clears throat> Set in the distant future, Dune tells the story of Paul Atreides, whose family accepts control of the desert planet 
our credits, the best way I can pronounce it. As the only producer of a highly valuable resource, control of a, of a credit is highly contested among the, the noble families. After Paul and his family are betrayed, the story explores themes of politics, religion, and man's relationship to nature as Paul leads a rebellion to restore his family's control of the planet. The book was previously adapted by David Lynch in 1984 and also received a lesser-known Sci-Fi Channel miniseries in the year 2000. Uh, J.D., Doom making a comeback. What's your take here? Doom, you said D-O-O-M? Dune, D-U-N-E. Oh, Dune. Okay. Well, Dune, I mean, it was in 1984, and it was a big hit back then. However, I mean, here it is 30 years later into the future, the last time it was made. Uh, can it be a big hit like last time? We'll have to wait and see, I guess. But right now, how I think it's a little bit of a gutsy uh, uh, challenge here. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. So. Absolutely. And J.D., go ahead and take over here. I will be running that. Okay, and while Chad steps out, ladies and gentlemen, we'll give you the number again, one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. 444 7044 pounds Of course, this is Outside the Ropes. Of course, you've got the Iceman filling in right now for the next few minutes. Same way for Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw. Don't forget, tonight at 8 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, we will have another spirited debate, hopefully, with King NWO Gerard T. Smith, as well as the Black Widow herself, Miss Madness herself, at 8 p.m., 139925-POUND. And then at 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, 138055-POUND will be Wrestling Revolution, where we will talk about some of the big stories of the day, including last night's SmackDown review, where they are starting to hype up the big, exciting Elimination Chamber coming up two weeks on this Sunday, however, which you can hear on the TalkShoe Network beginning at 5 p.m., Two weeks from this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. But, of course, last night they listed some of the matches as well. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we'll tell you about some of one of the biggest news stories of the day that right now is, well, being held off as somewhat of a big story right now. We'll tell you what that is in just a little bit. We might even talk about it tonight also on the debate as well. Some other news to report, however, while Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw is out. However, ladies and gentlemen, we want to congratulate on Sunday night, however, at the Screen Actors Guild Award, Actress Lily Tomlin, who actually won the Lifetime Achievement Award, however, her uh, good friend Dolly Parton presented her with the award, however, on uh, Sunday night, ladies and gentlemen. Other winners included John Lithgow, and of course, uh, Hidden Fences turned out to be a big winner, however, with a lot of people, as well as Viola Davis, among others, however, at the big ceremony Sunday night. Speaking of this past weekend, here is your box office report, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this week, of course, Split, however, once again, continues to be the top movie at the box office, however, grossing in over $25.6 million this week. 25.6 and remained number one at the box office, excuse me, this past weekend. Last week, of course, it, uh, let's just say, debuted at number one, however, mind you, however, and also, uh, went on to be the top movie last weekend. Also last weekend, of course, we told you about Triple X, the return of Xander Cage, ladies and gentlemen, debuting, however, at number two with $20.1 million. Hidden Figures took a hit with 15.7, dropping two spots. Sing went down a spot from third to fourth with $9 million, and La La Land, $8.5 million, was last weekend's box office tally in the top five, however. Now this week, folks, however... We will tell you about this week's however, box office report, however, as we are just getting this right now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for the past weekend, however, as well. And here is what the final figures were this weekend. 
a dog's purpose, despite getting very uh, somewhat uh, anti-people uh, not liking the movie, debuted in second. The star, Dennis Quaid, of course, in that movie, took second this weekend with $18.2 million. Hidden Figures stayed where it was supposed to be, however, and it's done pretty well in the past six weeks, however, and took third, however, with $14 more million. Resident Evil, the final chapter with Mila Jolovich, however, and this could be the final chapter for the Resident Evil trilogy, debuted in fourth, however, to somewhat paltry reviews at $13.6 million. And in fifth place, however, the big Oscar winner that could very well wind up winning a ton of statues here in the next three weeks, however, at the big Academy Awards, however, La La Land with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, which, by the way, Emma Stone did win a SAG Award this past week, however, finished in fifth place with $12.2 million. Now, uh, among other new films, however, that uh, besides with the top five we mentioned, another one did not fare so well in the form of Gold with Matthew McConaughey. It debuted in 10th place to a very weak $3 million. Uh, now, this week, however, we'll tell you about movies coming out this week, however. Uh, uh, coming out this week, however. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll give you the... Uh, like I said, the latest uh, new movies coming out this week, ladies and gentlemen, through our friends at America Movie Insider, however, they include the following. The Space Between Us, starring Gary Oldman, Asa Butterfield, best known for his role in Hugo, and Carla Gano. Uh She was known, of course, as Rebecca Warner in the comedy back in the day with Pauly Shore, son-in-law. Also coming out this weekend, ladies and gentlemen, however, is going to be, however, The Comedian, starring Danny DeVito, Harvey Keitel, Edie Falco, and Leslie Mann. And I can tell you, I'm seeing the trailer of this. This looks like a very, very good movie. A little underrated, I feel, and I think a lot of people better watch out for this one. Uh, coming out to be a big hit this week, especially if you're in the New York and Los Angeles area. But then, hopefully it'll be out for the public to see. Uh, of course, also this week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, coming out, however, is also, the, as I just mentioned, The Space Between Us, and some other films include in uh, American Violence, and also a movie called Youth in Oregon. Now, next week, folks, should be very, very interesting, and among the movies that are coming out next week, folks, for you Valentine's Day lovers out there, however, you got some good ones. For the kids, it'll be the Lego Batman movie. For you action, adventure, uh, really uh, book-by-the-nose type guys, it'll be John Wick Chapter 2. And then you, for you romantics, The Return of Fifty Shades, how it returns in Fifty Shades Darker, Part 2, starting Dakota Johnson and Jamie Donneran. I will be right back. As you would expect, however, a few sports nuts out there, of course, this Sunday, of course, is the big Super Bowl game between the Atlanta Falcons and the Seattle Seahawks. That'll be happening at NRG Stadium. Uh, I forget the name of it. It's not NRG, however, but it has another name, however, but that'll be this Sunday night, ladies and gentlemen, and that'll be coming up for you football fans out there. However, this Sunday night, however, 
as kickoff is set to take place shortly after 6.30 p.m., however, this coming Sunday. Um, speaking of some football news, however, as we have been following this story for the last, well, past month or so, however, uh, for you people in California, and I kind of went off on ta- a tangent last night about this, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, I did uh, mention this, however, mind you, however, as a part of my uh, thing, however, last night, the Oakland Raiders move to Las Vegas, Nevada right now is in very very much jeopardy at this point. It's in serious jeopardy, to say the least. Apparently Monday night, however, according to reports, Sheldon Adelson withdrew his investment of $650 million and has pulled out of the supposed $2 billion dome stadium for the Las Vegas, however, uh, for the Oakland Raiders to move to Las Vegas, I should say, excuse me, pardon me. As a result, however, Apparently, however, uh, we understand that the Raiders, of course, uh, this is the report we are getting, how a Nevada governor, uh, let's just say, however, Brian Sandoval's office said that the lease agreement submitted last week, however, would have had the Raiders shoulder $1.1 billion of the cost of the stadium and accept operation responsibilities and risk. In a statement, however, the Raiders have acknowledged Adelson's involvement in the project over the past year and promised to make good on owner Mark Davis's vow to move to Las Vegas. Now, with the withdrawal of Adelson, it means the Raiders could go forward with the decision pending from NFL owners who must approve the move. It also means maybe that the team will not have to ask team owners to waive a rule prohibiting casino operators from having ownership roles in teams. Now, as of yesterday, however, one other team or one other group pulled out of the project, however, and that was investment bank Goldman Sachs. So, right now, this is the big question, apparently. Where will the Raiders end up? Well, we have heard reports say possibly they could be moving down to San Diego, California, from Oakland. There have been reports that possibly Ronnie Lott, ex-49er uh, and Raider, could be, along with a bunch of other people, backing the Raiders and building a brand new stadium for them and helping them build a new stadium for them, shall we say as there has been some talk, possibly, that maybe they could be raising over $300 million, let's just say. In fact, uh, from what I read on the East Bay Times, however, uh, mind you, however, he is trying to make a statement, however, and he is leading a campaign, let's just say this, according to our friends at the San Jose Mercury News, however. In fact, Ronnie Lott said yesterday, however, that it is ready to work with the Raiders on a stadium project, however, mind you, Howard, and trying to keep the Raiders in Oakland. And in fact, Howard, he recently issued this statement, Howard, after Adelson withdrew his offer, however, Monday. We have the land available at the existing Coliseum site following the actions of the city of Oakland and Alameda County last December. We have a strong financing partner and Fortress Investment Group, and we have an additional $100 million due to the NFL incentive to keep the Raiders in Oakland. Bottom line is, if the Raiders want to stay here, we are more than ready to be a partner in making that happen. Well, let me ask you this, folks, and I asked everyone this question again last night, however, on um, Wrestling Revisit, because I got off a little topic with this story last night, towards the end of it anyway, I should say. Where would you want to see the Raiders? Would you want to see them stay in Oakland and get a new stadium and tear out the old one that has been there for a long time? 
but both not only the Raiders but the Oakland Athletics baseball team and get a new stadium? Or do you want to see them pack up and go once again and move elsewhere to another city? Like they, like I said, the Raiders are talking about moving to San Diego. There's also talk they might be moving possibly maybe to San Antonio if they don't get their way. But I ask you this question here and now. Would you want to see them stay in California and support them? Or would you rather see them go elsewhere? And if they do move to San Antonio, however, does that mean that the state of Texas is not going to have not just one team, not just two teams, but three in the form of the Texans, the Cowboys, and possibly maybe the Raiders. And speaking of the Raiders, of course, earlier today the Raiders found out from the NFL, Commissioner Roger Goodell, that next year, however, should I say this year, at some point, they will be playing a football game with the New England Patriots, who are in this year's Super Bowl, down in Mexico City. Now, last year the Raiders played the Texans, as we know, in November, right before Thanksgiving in Mexico City and got a good crowd. So, I'm asking you this again. Despite the fact the Raiders are going back to Mexico for the second year in a row for a regular season game, could this maybe be the Raiders' new home? If not San Antonio and Oakland, could they be moving somewhere to like Mexico City and play down in Mexico City? And if so, will the crowds come and support them? And if not Mexico City, will they still support them if they stay in Oakland and get a new stadium and tear out the old stadium? Or will they pack up their belongings and move to San Antonio and get a new stadium? But first, they might play for a few years at least, maybe, if they decide to move to San Antonio into the Alamo Dome, however, where they may get the crowds, maybe, if in fact they do move to San Antonio. But then, could the state of Texas and the state of San Antonio build a brand new stadium for them? One that could be worth a lot of money and maybe a lot of issues with it. I like to hear your thoughts on this, people. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to hear your thoughts on this because. Believe me, I have some mixed emotions about this myself because, I mean, I have a few friends who are Raider fans, and a week ago, I mean, they were all on board. They were all excited that they were hoping to see Baby, how the Raiders finally uh, get the papers done, even though we had seen issues with San Diego and uh, the Rams and everything like that kind of uh, turned things upside down a little bit. However, we thought that at least for the last three or four days, how our sanity was going to finally be back to normal, supposedly. And now... Unfortunately, because of what happened here Monday night, that's not going to happen now because apparently, thanks to Sheldon Adelson, and of course yesterday with Goldman Sachs, however, that leads to question with the Raiders' future in doubt at this point. Also, ladies and gentlemen, as I kind of mentioned last night at the start of the show on Wrestling Revisited, I want to send out my congratulations to a great man. A very unique individual, shall we say. Brett Musburger, the legendary sports announcer who for the past 50 years has brought a lot of things into our living rooms, whether it be basketball, football, tennis, doesn't really matter. Last night he called his final game for ESPN with Jay Billis at the University of Kentucky in Lexington, where at halftime the university honored him by giving him a jersey with the number 50 on it in blue. And I must say, for the University of Kentucky to do that was absolutely class all the way. Congratulations to him. Well deserved. And what's more, his good friend, however, for the past 
I believe, 15 years, he said how John Calipari went over to give him a hug, however, during the ceremony, however, and even after the game was over, however, as the game went in overtime, however, he congratulated his longtime friend uh, on his final game. But as I said last night towards the early part of the show, however, I want to thank Brent Musburger for making me, Chad, I'm sure, and a lot of you out there how are fans of his over the years. You may not have always agreed with the man. You may not have always liked him. But he will go down, I think, as one of the top ten, if not one of the top five greatest sports announcers in history. He called a lot of action. He made a lot of enemies, sure. But also he made us... Uh, made you a friend for life and a fan for life by uh, calling the action at all sorts of events. I mean, one of the very first events I can remember watching him as a youngster, as I mentioned last night, was him using to call the NFL and the old NFL Today show back in the early mid-80s. I mean, he started there obviously in the 70s, however, with guys like Phyllis George, Irv Cross, Jimmy the Greek Snyder. And some of those stayed with him during his time at CBS, most notably Cross and Jimmy the Greek. Phil Storrs, unfortunately, would not be there. But it didn't really matter. Like I said, he made you a fan for life, whether you liked the man or not. And he always was had that smile across his face when it came to announcing. He also was pretty witty when it came to announcing basketball, too, with his good friend, Mr. Billy Packer. Over the last 20 years, I would have to say, however, he made me a fan by just watching him call some of the greatest events in history. And like I said, when he left CBS and went to ESPN ABC in the early 90s to announce college basketball and college football, more I respected him for who he was. So to Mr. Musburger, to his millions of fans out there, I'm sure we're all saying the same thing. Thank you. Thank you for enriching our lives. Thank you for making us fans, and thank you for just being you, because you made us all happy with what you did best, and you had a great career in doing so. So best of luck to you in your next uh, chapter, Mr. Musburger, and we will never forget you. Thank you. Okay. Once, I think Chad's back online, so I'm going to let him take the floor again. So that's what I had to say about that. So I think I'll let him uh, go from here. As I hear him coming to the back, uh, come back around now, so I'm going to let him take the floor, as I said once again. So here he is. Well, maybe not. But he'll be joining us in a few uh, minutes. But I'll give you the number again, ladies and gentlemen. One seven two four 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 seventy forty four. Caller ID one four one three eight seven. This is outside the ropes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for Wednesday, February first, two thousand seventeen. Two one seventeen. Who would have thought it, folks, ladies and gentlemen? As we are starting off February here today. Um, one final sport note and. I said I didn't want to bring this story up, however, because obviously I'm saving it for later tonight, however. But obviously we will definitely be watching this very carefully in the coming days ahead. Um, I know sometimes we do kind of go outside a little bit of the realm, however, different stories, however, sporting events. I know I do quite a bit and 
to that I apologize, folks. I sincerely apologize. But this I felt that needed to be addressed right now. The other night, however, on Monday Night Raw, following the show in Houston, or excuse me, not Houston, Laredo, Texas. Houston's where the Super Bowl is, my mistake. Apparently we saw former WWE World Champion, the architect, Seth Rollins, apparently get injured again somehow, someway, at the hands of uh, supposedly Triple H and his new uh, entourage bodyguard, if you will, Mr. Samoa Joe. Well, what happened the other night, however, if you ask me, by seeing that happen, however, if you ask me, it was just absolutely pretty shocking and disturbing, to say the least. I mean, I think, however, from what I heard today, and after watching the video this morning, however, uh, that followed the show Monday night, however, I can only mean maybe, however, Triple H possibly, and uh, like I said, however, uh, it could mean that Triple H's uh, match with Seth Rollins for WrestleMania this year could be in serious jeopardy at this point. It really could. Do I think it is going to be? I hope not. But after talking to a few people about this earlier today, however, I only shudder to think what could happen next. And um, if, in fact, it is the worst fear and coming to worst, however, that maybe, uh, possibly, maybe, however, that uh, Seth Rollins is not going to be able to go for WrestleMania this year. I can uh, simply say, however, in my opinion, I can thank one person for not only angering me and the entire WWE fan base in general, however, overall, as people and as fans overall, however, but you also angered a lot of uh, people in the front office that you work with as well. Let's just say. Oh, wow. (laughs) So... I will definitely have a, I mean, I'm just going to say that right now. I'm not going to go off and completely melt down, as you would expect. Although I want to. And believe me, I do want to, in the worst way possible. Uh, but like I said, folks, we'll save that till later. Maybe tonight. But I can tell you right now, after what I saw, I mean, I mean, from talking to someone close to us here, the true first lady of wrestling, whoever, uh, who I spoke to today about this and discussed this with her, and I've talked to other people about this as of right now, however. Uh, We could be fearing the worst, folks. We really could. And if that's the case, however, believe me, I'm going to have a lot to say about this later on. Believe me, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get very ugly. Oh, yes. And, of course, I said, uh, of course, a big-time subject going on right now in wrestling. Thank you, uh, of course, J.D. here. um, uh, who has been talking with several other members of our WWUS radio network crew, of course, about all this is, that has taken place, or what took place on the end of Monday Night Raw, of course, between, obviously, between three people. Obviously, of course, it was Triple H, Seth Rollins, and, of course, the debuting Samoa Joe, of course, coming off of NXT. Uh, of course, that would be a big-time subject of, of discussion, of course, tonight. Uh, of course, I'm sure wrestling debate will probably have its fair share of that topic. But of course, definitely we will talk about that on, uh, <clears throat> on of course, the Mothership Broadcast, WWUS Revolution, 
tonight here at 9 o'clock. Call ID 138055 pound. But uh, thank you, JD, for, of course, present. I mean, like I said, that's okay. You no, know, if you have to break in a little bit of rest of news here, that's fine. That's okay. Uh, but that's uh, but, but understandable about how you feel about it. And, and I do share that because, like I said, I mean, you know, Triple H, of course, is, you know, is trying to, uh, you know, step, fall into the shoes of Vince McMahon. I don't think, you know, that may, I don't know if that will, if that will be the case or not. But obviously, uh, from what happened on Raw Monday night, it doesn't seem like that's the way it's, the way he's going, apparently. So we'll talk more about that here. Of course, I said maybe for the rest of the debate coming up here in an hour and revolution coming up at 9 o'clock. So thank you very much, J.D., for sounding off. I do, for your soundboard. I do, really do appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you, indeed. 1724-444-7444. Call ID 141-387-POUND. This is, of course, episode 38, yes, of WWS Outside the Ropes here, of course, on Wednesday, February the 1st, 2017. This is Mr. WWS Chad Henshaw back on the line here with you. Of course, joining me is the Iceman himself, J.D. Here, did you all know, of course, J.D. is the 2015 and 2017 WWS Hall of Famer. Of course, also the host, one of the hosts of WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon from 3 to 5 right here on TalkShoe.com, as well as, of course, all of our other shows here in the radio network. And also, we have someone else on the line here. I think we have a visit from a, from a, from a regular caller here, uh, Roddy K. Is popped back on here and joined us here this evening. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, how you doing there, sir? Uh, welcome to Outside the Ropes number thirty-eight. Um, just comment on a few little pop culture headlines. I'm sure you just heard just now um, the soundboard here from our own Iceman here. A pretty interesting point of view. Normally, we don't talk about wrestling on this show, but yeah. he, had, he had the sound off on in a little bit. Uh, if you want Can to I make a comment about that, please. Please proceed. Go ahead. I was, Go ahead. I was looking at the Twitter feed, and when Samoa Joe made his appearance, I didn't know that Seth was injured. But I was first thinking that maybe when WrestleMania goes down, maybe this was an angle for Tyson Kidd to run in and disrupt Samoa Joe for his, you know, for his injury. Maybe some kind of angle that way. But when I saw the Twitter picture of Seth Rollins, you know, it's looking like it's a real injury. But he had the tensile machine on him, a little electrical stimulant, almost like John Cena had when he injured his elbow. So eh, if he if he's got the strength of John Cena, he could come back in three months. But yeah, it's going to be tight. Yes. Well, that's a I'm, good point. I'm just did Samoa. I mean, Samoa Joe can't really accept liability for that injury, though, can he? Ah. Uh, I would have anyone had to had to accept it. I would have to say Triple H has would probably have to. He's the one that kind of instigated the thing, I believe. I would think he just flipped. Didn't Seth maybe flip the you know landed improperly again? What, what do y'all think? Uh, he probably did because see, keep, I think keep in mind, and JD, you talked about this. We talked about this many many times on all our other shows that. You know, it's been talked about that Rollins and Triple H are probably going to go head, we're, we're planning on going head to head at WrestleMania, and they were they were and, and of course keep in mind they they had started hyping this up here big time. Of course, obviously, this is also I'm sure retaliation for what happened, what Seth Rollins did at NXT this past Saturday night when he came on there and you know this was I think the last part of NXT 
or something, I think, to that effect. He came out there and called out Triple H. You know, I mean, and that was probably the first, almost one of the first salvos right there, you know, going in towards this possible encounter between the two at WrestleMania. What he uh, did on Saturday night, however, was simply send a message, however, and taking over the show, however. Granted, he didn't want to hijack it, however, but after what had happened the previous Monday, he had no choice in the matter, however. I felt like he had to address it, however. And uh, once again, however, it showed nothing but cowardice, in my opinion. You saw his wife basically screw him out of, and by screwing him, I mean Rollins, out of his chance to go to the Royal Rumble on Sunday because she told Mick Foley, in her words, however, if uh, she didn't do that, however, if he didn't do that, then there would be repercussions. One thing just goes to show that Stephanie and Triple H are going back to their bullying tactics to get their own way and have people kiss their ass like Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens and all those guys. And JD? I mean, yes. Well, what about this angle? Because they can stretch it out either way if it's work or a shoot. Um, he comes in at WrestleMania, loses because he's crippled. And they stretch it out a little longer, but you know it's part of his injury or his punishment. He got hurt, right? What, what do you think? Think it'll work? From what I saw in the video this morning, it it didn't look like it was a work. I mean, I mean he was hobbling a good bit. However, it might be. I don't know. We'll know more Friday because he's supposed to be. Re- we'll know the determination. I think by Friday, like I said, if it is indeed not a work, and he could be out a short period of time, then he got lucky in this case. Maybe just a little bit of time he'll miss. Maybe a month or two, if that. But if it's more than a month or two, however, and I said this last night on uh, uh, Revisited, however, and Gerard wasn't on, but I said this at the, uh, towards the middle part of the show last night, midway through Revisited last night, I went off topic on this, and literally I really had a meltdown on this last night. You can thank Triple H once again for screwing up the main event. I mean, granted, okay, I understand he doesn't wrestle that much. Anymore. I even told this to my cousin tonight as well, before the show, before I came on tonight. Granted, he doesn't wrestle all that much anymore. I understand he's office personnel, and he said in that promo he hates wearing the suit and tie and that, okay? I understand that. But like I said, your career is near at an end, Howard. If you want to have that one big blow-off, the one that's been building and building and building since last August, Howard, this was the chance to do it. Instead, you have a hired gun come in because you don't have the balls to answer him like a man like you did on Saturday night, however, at NXT TakeOver. You don't have the balls to confront him on Sunday because you and your little wife decide to play a power game and kick him out of the Rumble and have only two entries in the Rumble like the nerd freaking Jack Gallagher and the perfect 10 Ty Dillinger. You could have had that happen. And as I said last night, also midway through the show, you not only did that in pissing off Rollins and the fans out there, you pissed them off even further by basically making and not one I mean you had the strong men and guys in the Royal Rumble and everything like that. But once again you pissed off the fans in the process because you could have done something with that number thirty entry. You could have had someone come in big at number three. What did you do again? You pissed them off by having Roman freaking reigns at number thirty and just anger the fans even royally, however, because you figure how it's only good way to do business. If you hear them correctly, Stephanie, if you hear them correctly, Vince and Hunter, he's getting booed every Every week, in every city, in every town. And maybe they like that, maybe they don't. But that's why people like CM Punk said what he said three years ago, because obviously Stephanie 
and Hunter don't have the cojones to step up. All he does, I, however, like I said, he has his wife's cojones in her purse. He's not a man. I, if he was a man, confront him. Can I jump in? I'm done. Can I jump in? Three, three things. Uh, I want to play devil's advocate a little bit. If Triple H gets hurt, NXT may fall. So maybe that was best for business to have Samoa Joe. Second, are you going to watch the 30 for 30 XFL thing? And it's tomorrow night at 9 o'clock Eastern. And do you think the pedigree is actually injuring the knees because both Triple H and Seth were doing the pedigrees and they injured their knees? Do you think it's like setting it up for a, a failure? Are you asking me or Chad? Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. You, 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 you can answer if you want. Um, I think the pedigree is causing a knee injury. It may not. I don't think personally, in my opinion, and I'll take this one first off if you want to answer. No, I'll answer that. No, I do not think it is. Two, I will maybe, I might at some point watch the 30 for 30 special. I just think the thing is, like I said, how, and, this, and I'm reading this now, okay. I mean, I understand, like I said, how it might not be hurting, but I'm looking at this right now, however. Okay, however, and I'm seeing this right now. Apparently, Triple H today, and this is one thing I will give him somewhat credit for. I mean, looking at today, apparently he surprised some people this morning at the Performance Center giving them tickets for WrestleMania. Very class act. Very good. I like that. That's, that's classy. But like I said, when it comes to certain people, however, basically in the office, however, it's certain people... That, like me, however, granted it's a story, but sometimes they have a grievance to air, too. And you look at CM Punk's matter in this case. But like I said, why didn't Triple H, however, have the balls to answer for his actions Monday night? Why didn't he? Because obviously, however, he had to have his little pit bull do his dirty work for him. That's why he did. And if they were going to do something with Samoa Joe, they could have waited until before Mania or after Mania and made a splash. I mean, granted, I'm glad to see Joe up here. He's a great wrestler. Don't get me wrong. He's a pretty damn good wrestler. But to have him now as a bodyguard, it's going back to what happened before because he doesn't have the gumption. And he's, I mean, I know he's trying to wind down screen. He might be winding it down maybe possibly, and he's pretty much been winding it down more and more the last few years. But if they want to have a big blow-off to this kind of feud, however, they screwed it up early. And, of course, he'll probably say, oh, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. Bullshit! It wasn't your fault. You screwed the fans out of a great opportunity to see a pretty good match in Orlando, and now you could be putting that match in serious jeopardy. Plain simple. Right, right. There you go. Like I said, JD and Roddy K. Like I said, we'll definitely talk more about this. This is a big time topic here. That is start. It is getting big time uh, headlines here in the wrestling world, and we'll definitely talk more about this. Right, so between rest and debate, coming up here at uh, coming up here at eight o'clock, and also revolution also at nine. Uh, I figure we go on right ahead there, JD. Uh, now, Roddy K, if you'd like to stick around here for a minute and join us, uh, I was going to try to teach, uh, quiz uh, JD's mind a little bit on some movie trivia. Uh, but uh, of course, and that might kind of help JD get your mind off that for a little, for a little while there. But I'm ready. Help. I'm ready. Okay. And uh, this now the category is all these movies were done in the eighties. Oh, eighties movies, good, 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 good. Yeah. there's a bunch of them. We won't probably do them all, but there's a bunch of them here. There's some good ones here. <clears throat> okay, and no choices here. Like you just have to. Just, I don't have any choices to give you. So That's you fine. Have to, have to get it. Okay. All right. Here we go. And Roddy K, like I said, you're welcome to join in on us as well. If you have, if, if you have a couple minutes, or with us. Uh, <clears throat> what special talent? 
did Molly Ringwald have in The Breakfast Club? She uh, could, uh, oh, God, something with her necklace. I remember the thing. I think she made things disappear, I'm guessing. Well, Ryder K., did you have a guess? Uh, no, sir. No. The answer is she could apply lipstick with her breast. Oh, I should have known that. Darn it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Question number two. Uh, of course, I'm sure we're all some fans of all the James Bond films, a lot of them here anyway. What was the very first and last James Bond film that was shown during the 80s? The Living Daylights. What was the first Cheers, one and bro. the last? The last, the last one was The Living Daylights. The first one was For Your Eyes Only. Well, Your Eyes Only was the first one, but the last one was License to Kill. License to Kill, 
same car, but I mean, yeah. Anyway, speaking of cars, in Back to the Future, where did Doc Brown get the plutonium to power the time-traveling DeLorean? Libyan. Right, a group of Libyan terrorists. They wanted him to make a nuclear bomb. They said he used it to power up his time machine. Yeah, that car was awesome. Some uh, machine uh, machine gun part or uh, out of time on that place. Let's take on the key parts. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's it. Great. I couldn't remember the line. Thank you. Yeah, I knew you would know it. Yeah. yeah, that was a great car. I love that car. That's my dream car, the DeLorean. The I saw Paris. one a long time ago. Believe it. And this was when I was like, oh god, I remember how old I was at the time. They almost said in Universal, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay, another Star Wars question. Once again, in The Empire Strikes Back, when the ghost of Obi-Wan Kenobi says that Luke was their last up against the Empire, who was Yoda referring to when he said, no, there is another? Leia. Right. What god were the... I'm, I'm on, I am going to screw this up. Were the thuggies worshipping in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Kali. That's it. <laughs> okay, y'all. Well, Rom, prepare to meet Kali in That's hell. <laughs> That's it. They even put that crap on the towers there in New York a while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here. Uh, in the movie Porky's, why did they call Meat Tuparello Meat? Because he was a horn dog all the time. <laughs> Because he was a work, he was a gym, he was a gym, he was a gym buff. The reason being is because of the size of his unit. I, I, the one thing I remember from that movie is Boogie Woogie Woogie, where, where what's his name is running through the fog. Anyway. Oh yeah, I, I remember that. I that was the that. movie Alex Karras was in too, is the Crooked Sheriff, if you remember. That's right. That's right. I think he was on Porky's side in that in that case. Yeah. yeah. In the movie, Alien. Don't, don't forget Miss Ballbreaker. Yeah. Oh, yes. Beulah Ball Barbara. That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, don't get me started on that scene, man. That's you know she died. She died about 15 years ago. Oh, that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah I'm looking yeah. right now at her bio right now. She died of just a part failing diabetes. She survived by her two daughters. Believe it or not. Okay. Not only that, she was in Steel Magnolias and the movie Homer and Eddie, and her last movie was Ladybugs with uh, Ronnie Dangerfield. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, what in the movie Aliens? What was Newt's real name? Rebecca. Yes, Rebecca Jordan, played by Carrie Hinn. Yes. Uh, number twelve. What does Ali Sheedy use to decorate her picture in the Breakfast Club? What was the question again? What does Ali Sheedy use to decorate her picture in the Breakfast Club? Oh, uh, sugar. Believe it or not, you're going to find this weird and ultimately disgusting. Dandruff. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I can see why you said Yeah, I can understand that. Okay. Uh, question number 13. In Dirty Dancing, what was Baby's real name? His real name? Francis. Gray. Jennifer Gray. What well, no, the character's real name? Francis. That's right, it was Francis. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. That was yeah. my sister's favorite movie. I taped over once and she almost kicked my she actually kicked my ass in doing it too. I'm sure y'all remember this movie here as well. What were Mouth and Chunk's real names in the Goonies? 
There's Erica's real names. Oh, okay. Um, that would be, however, Lawrence and Clark. You're right. That's right. What not? What not? Very good aliases did Bill and Ted give their seven historical figures when introducing them all to Missy? Uh, San Dimas. I won't go ahead and give you this one because this was this is a long list. Okay, for Socrates, they said Socrates Johnson. <laughs> oh, wait, Socrates Johnson, Bob Genghis Khan, Dennis Rude. Uh, Herman the Kid, uh, and there's two others to know this, darn it. For John of Arc, it said Maxine of Arc. Maxine of Arc, that's right, yep, yep, I should know that one, yep, yep. And, and Beethoven said Dave Beethoven with the TH sound. That's and right. Abraham Lincoln just called him Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, yes. There you go. Okay, so yeah, that was, that, that was a long one, right? But that, that's right, that's right. Number 16, in the Breakfast Club, what did Brian try to kill himself with? Oh, I should know this. He tried to kill himself with... Oh, what was it? I gotta think. He tried to kill himself, I guess, with uh, a rope, I'm guessing. A flare gun. Hmm. Okay. Next question, what... We'll go a few minutes over, it's okay. What future famous actors played Spicoli's sidekicks in Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Easy. One of my favorite movies of all time. Anthony Edwards and Eric Stoltz, The Stoner Buds. That's it. All right. Uno Nicolette. Uno uh, Cigarette. Who's got the Uno Uno De Niro? How about you, Bachman? I got nothing. He's like, Uno De Niro. He's like, how about you? I got Uno Nicolette. That's it. Uh, okay. Uh, let me see here. What is the name of the Freeling's dog in Poltergeist? Oh, what was the Freeling's dog's name? Uh, Spot? E-Buzz. Nice name. Yeah, no, tell me about it. <laughs> Spot. <laughs> uh, Spot, hey, Spot's better than anything. There you go, that's it. What is the name of Sarah's brother that she is trying to save in The Labyrinth? Oh, shoot. I know this. The brother's name is... Give me a minute here. That would be... Oh, uh, what was his name? The baby brother? Or the brother. Well, it, just said, it just said her brother. Toby. Who? Toby. That's right, it's Toby. Okay. <clears throat> How does Alice kill Freddy Krueger in Nightmare on Elm Street 4? Nice. By showing him his reflection in a mirror. Mm. In the movie Inner Space, that was a great movie, by the way, too. What did the license plate on Igo's BMW say? Oh, uh, that was uh, our Killer that was One. Good, by the way, yes, played Mark Short, great movie. Meg, that's when he met Meg Ryan actually on that show, and it also had uh, the Cowboy. Yeah, the yeah the cowboy, right? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes, when he Big Jack, don't come, just knock. They just all duped the son of us. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, do you, do you know the what? Do you know? Do you, do you remember? I, I got. Do you remember the? Uh, I can go ahead and tell you what it is if you don't know the answer. 
Good. Snap on. Snap on. I should know that. Darn it. It's all in one word. Yes. And the Blues Brothers, I guess this is the first one. What does S-C-M-O-D-S stand for? Scrods under uh, surveillance mounted police or something. I should know this because Elwood talked about it. It is in the first one because he talks about it with Elwood in the, when they're being investigated. State, county, municipal, offender, data. Shoot, I should have known that. Darn it. That's the little mission from God. That's it. <laughs> well, that's right. We're on the mission from God. <laughs> yeah. Disco pants and haircuts. Man, lots of space in this mall. <laughs> yeah, I remember shortly before they crashed through the mall, that they were in that Toys R Us and said, do you, do you have Kermit or Miss Piggy? And they're like, yeah, Twiggy was, was the, uh, the representative and the guy who came in, however, and then uh, the thing is, they weren't supposed to originally film that scene in the mall, I remember hearing a story. They were supposed to film it out, I mean, around the mall, but they did not want to do it inside the mall originally. Huh. Oh, okay. Huh. Interesting. In 1989's The Little Mermaid, this is the Disney version, obviously. What was Scuttle's name for a fork? Uh, that would be... I have no idea. Inglehopper. Inglehopper, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. In the 1984 movie Splash, the pretty blonde mermaid chooses, chooses which street name to be her own name. Madison. Madison. That's it. Daryl Hannah looked awesome in that movie. Oh, John Candy is freaking Tom Hanks' brother-in-law. It was so funny in that movie. Fred, fabulous Freddie Bauer here. That's it. That's it. <clears throat> Who provided the, bo- the voice for the independent, and I'm going to spell this because I can't even pronounce it, E-I-L-O-N-W-Y, in Disney's often criticized 1985 movie, The Black Cauldron. Black Cauldron, that would be... Who did it, you said? I'm, I can't pronounce it. I'm just going to spell it. And like I said, it's... Illinois. Illinois. Who did the voice, yes, you said? Right. Who provided the voice? Susan Sheridan. That's it. Uh, she was 34 when the movie soundtrack was recorded, by the way. That was also the same movie the late John Hurt was in. I'm looking at... The, uh, Sure, who was in it? John Huston was the narrator, and Nigel Hawthorne was also in it as the oh. Flam. That's it. Okay. What two '80s dance movies did Cynthia Rhodes have a major role in? Staying Alive was one. You said two, right? Two '80s dance movies. Yes. Perfect. It was number two. Dirty Dancing and Flashdance. She was also in... Um, uh, I have listed here. You may have more of this than they listed here. Okay. And some of Susan Sheridan, too. She just died last year. Oh, I hate that. Oh. Last August. What is the name of Marty's band that tries out for the dance in Back to the Future? Pinheads. That's it. Where did Ronald and Cindy go on their last date together in the movie Can't Buy Me Love? Uh... Uh, to the prom. An airplane junkyard. Huh. Chili, <laughs> shut up, Chuck. I was talking to Mom. Shut up, Chuck. <laughs> I just can't believe somebody's out witting me on Back to the Future. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I actually got him on the, level the other week whenever we did this. 
Now, let's try this one. What is the name of the airline that operates the elevated flight from L.A. to Chicago in airplane? What is what? the name of the airline? <laughs> oh, God. Transworld. J.D. had it close. It's Trans-American. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? The funny part about that movie is like, Bean, tonight there will be beans, prawns, and uh, uh, whatever it was. And will be that? Will that be Channing or not Channing? Channing, please. <laughs> Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. <laughs> don't call me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite line. My favorite line. I hate Lindsay Nielsen's gone. He is. Most- I like the part. What, what was it? Uh, the part saying, "There's a sale with pennies." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can make a hat or brooch or pterodactyl. That 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 dude was hilarious too. Yeah. You know he funny. died. I mean, in real. And then the sad part is though, and it's really sad though about him though, because uh, he uh, his lifestyle was different. However, and then sadly we lost him a few years later due to that lifestyle. Yeah, I hate that. Yes. In the movie Better Off Dead, what is the name of Lane's younger brother? Dead. Uh, I can't remember. Badger. Badger. What singer who had his one and only hit song in 1991 played a high school jock named Ricky in the 1987 movie Can't Buy Me Love? All right, what was it again? What singer who had his one only hit song in 1991, he was a one-hit wonder, played a high school jock named Ricky in Can't Buy Me Love? That would be... Hmm. Oh, God, I should know this. You're going to flip when I tell you what it is. You're going to flip when I tell you what it is. Mm. I give up. Rico. Oh. It was her. It was Gerardo. Okay, I said it. Well, I call Gerard sometimes. Gerard does it. Rico Suave. <laughs> All right. This one, uh, this one ought to be easy. We'll do two or three more before we end the, end the show here. How many gigawatts of electricity did Doc Brown need to generate the power to the glory in the future? 1.21. That's it. 1.21 gigawatts. Yeah. That, oh, he went wild, and that was awesome. That was awesome. Well, okay. good then. Mm-hmm. Oh. Were, what were, okay, all right. I hope y'all remember, I'm sure we talked, we talked about Ghostbusters here a little while ago. What were their names? Peter Venkman, Ray Stance, Egon Spangler. One more. Don't no, forget Winston. And uh, Win- uh, Winston Edamore. Winston Zedmore, that's right. Bill Murray held Ramus, may he rest in peace, Dan Aykroyd, and Ernie Hudson. That's right. What was the make and model of the villain in The Terminator from 1984? The make and model. Cyborg? T-800 Cyberdyne Systems Model 101. I'll be back. In the movie The Goonies, what did the Fratellis do to escape jail? Uh, knock out the box. I, mean, I just saw the picture of the jail cell. It's now like something to work on, a big library. Uh, Jake knocked out the bodyguard, how, and then all of a sudden they, uh, uh, basically, however, uh, Francis shot uh, with his gun, how, like, just did something on fire, and then blew up, tried to, uh, blow something up, like, cause something to go up with fire, how, and that way the cops wouldn't chase him. You got part of that. 
Yeah, but one of the brothers actually pretended to hang himself, then they knocked out the prison guard. That's right. That was, that was wasn't, wasn't that little gadget boy uh, in Indiana Jones, too? Uh, 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 yeah, Data. 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 He was Data. Data. That's right. Yeah, yeah he was short, short round, round, yes. Short round. That's right, yeah. Um, he's actually doing some stuff like that now, from what I heard. Yes. Uh, anyway, um, two two movies. I mean, two questions related to Ghostbusters, right here, guys. Who was the key master in, Go, in Ghostbusters? <laughs> Rick Moranos. Yes. Do you remember one of the Mackenzie Boris, you hoser? Do you remember what his character's name was? Louis Tully. That's right. And who was the gatekeeper? Sigourney Weaver, Dana Barrett. Four feet above her covers. She barks. She growls. She chews. It's not the it's not the girl Peter. It's the building. It's the building. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, I hate to spoil this for the new movie, JD. I will tell you yeah. that um, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Annie Potts, and Sigourney Weaver all do cameos in the new Ghostbusters. I will tell you that. That's what I heard. At, actually. at different points throughout the movie. Different the one with the, women, the women? What is it? They do cameos. Uh, they do cameos in the, yeah. in the new one with the, with the female Ghostbusters, yeah. But they play different roles, of course. Oh, okay. What did, yeah, but yeah, of course, Harold Ramos had passed away before they did this, so apparently he wasn't in it. Well, we all knew that. What, what don't Gary and Wyatt do when they take a shower with Lisa in Weird Science? They don't interest Howard because they're they're just staring at her the whole time. Well, you're close. They don't they don't take off their pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who was told they better think in the Blues Brothers? You better think then, Aretha Franklin, with that right. guitar Murphy. <laughs> however, that, that's it. Mm-hmm. What does this guy want? He wants four fried chickens and a coke, and the other one wants spread toasted with nothing on it. Four, plain, four pieces of white bread. That's right, yes. yeah. And some white toast, ma'am. Jake! <laughs> yeah, my guitar, Murphy. Max, how's it going? Uh, can't be uh, better than those cabbage rolls in the Terre Haute Pen or that oatmeal on the Cook County Slammer. They serve a wicked pepper steak, though, in jail at the July County there on Thursday night. What was, ooh, what was the title of Kevin's byline story in St. Elmo's Fire? Looking for the meaning of life. That's it. In the movie The Goonies, what brand of candy bar does did Chunk try to give to Sloth? Oof, oof, baby, oof. That's right. Led by the late John Matuzak. Yeah, I remember that too. It was a, it was a real cool. You know they've been talking now. For, I mean, they were supposed to last year for the 30 year anniversary. They wanted to release a sequel, and they're still talking about doing it though. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I could still see him with that Superman shirt on. I could still see him in uh, the guy, uh, what was his name, in North Dallas 40. Uh, it was a big nut job. I mean, I mean Bo Sevenson, I think, is that, the character's name, the actor's name was. Let me pull it up. I think who it was, because I know who it was. It was, uh, where is it? Yeah. A woman. Bo Sevenson, yeah, it was, it was Joe Bob Howard. And Matuzak uh, was O.W. Shattuck Howard. Jesus Christ, Joe Bob. We heard him bad, man, but those guys were nuts in that movie, especially Bo yes. Seventeen. He was like Matuzak's real-life persona because, I mean, he was just so psycho. I was right. a small kid when, when that came out, but that woman drove me crazy and throw Mama from the train in the Goonies. At the, uh, Annie, Annie Ramsey. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, she was. Well, they had Martha Plimpton there. You had Carrie Green in it. I mean, it was a good cast. I mean, you had uh, Josh Brolin. Uh, Sean Astin was in it. Uh, that was Josh Brolin's first movies, I think they said. That was actually his first movie. He talked about it recently with James Corden about it in uh, Kimmel last week. Actually, he was on Kimmel last Friday night. I watched it, and they showed a small clip of that, and he said that was actually how he got in, uh, he got in uh, by accident. I guess that's, that's someone uh, he was auditioning for the role, and that's how he got his role. Can I throw an 80s movies out there and see if y'all remember it? I can't remember the name of it. But all I'll I remember is Wolfman has Nards. Wolfman? Was it again? Teen Wolf? Something to do with monsters. But yeah, he kicks this Wolfman in the in the crotch and he goes, Wolfman has Nards? Wow. Wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. I know what it... Wait. Uh, Walk like uh, a man. No. That was, was, no that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he finds that Teddy Ruxpin in the shopping mall, and he goes, yeah, I remember that. Here's a, here's, we'll do two three more, and we'll go ahead and uh, call it a night. Uh, in the, the main street used in Back to the Future is also the main street in what other 80s movie? Oh, crap, I know it. I can't remember. Darn it. Gremlins. That's it. So know that. In, in Greece 2... What does Stephanie want in a boyfriend? Increase to uh, sense of humor. A cool writer. Hmm. Okay, back, another another Back to the Future move, uh, question here, guys. What brand and color of underwear is Marty wearing in Back to the Future? Purple Calvin, Calvin Klein. Klein. Purple. Because he because Leah Thompson thinks his name is Calvin. He calls him Calvin. <laughs> That's. And then, uh, you notice the one thing in every one of those movies, he got knocked out somehow, some way, and Lorraine was in every scene, however, literally. Mm-hmm. The second one, I mean, if you remember when he got, what was it, with Biff and the Goons, Howard at the casino. And then the third one, he was rolling down the hill after he was being chased by a bear before he went to see Doc. I guess it was his, uh, Lorraine pretended to be his, like, great, great relative, however, in the Old West, however, was Seamus. And then, of course, they had, uh, William the baby, however, however, mind you, and as a result, the baby peed on him, too, if you remember. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do two or three more. They're not in the order of the list that I'm doing, and we'll do some more here later. But there's some very interesting ones here. In The Karate Kid, what color did Daniel have to paint Miyagi's house as part of his training? Green. Green. That's it. Now, I'm sure this movie. Yeah. <laughs> in National Lampoon's Vacation... What did the Griswolds call, call their ugly green station wagon? The Queen Family Truckster. The Family Truckster, that's right. <laughs> that was actually kind of like an ugly Crown Victoria station wagon. And you know wagon. they did a remake of that in the newer Vacation movie, if you remember, too, when Clark gave them Rusty that car, Howard, and they were running to uh, Wally World. I'm surprised that they have, still have that car. I am, too. Well, the actual yeah. one's in a museum somewhere, from what I heard. The actual one is in, the, in a museum somewhere that they use in the movie. Oh, I did hear about that, yeah. Yeah. In which California city does Poltergeist take place? L.A.? Casta Verde. Casta Verde, okay. Okay, remember the movie Fletch with Chevy Chase? His initials, I am. What do they stand for? I am Fletcher. I am, P- I am Fletcher. P.S. Have a nice day. Irwin, uh... It was the first one. I remember that, and I can't remember the last part of it. Oh, <laughs> That's it. Erwin Maurice. 
Yes, uh, you remember the club singer? Uh, not I am. I'm you guess of the Underhill, sir. Uh, not really how uh, he went out for his urinalysis. Huh? Can I get cheek for you, sir? You can put Underhill's foot. Yes, uh, very good. I'll have a steak sandwich, um, Bloody Mary, and a steak sandwich. And of course, at the last part of the last part of the movie, said I built the entire vacation on an Underhill's credit card. Yeah, oh, what the number exactly <laughs> right. And the second one was good, too. I mean, they had some good parts in the second one, however, especially when he got to Louisiana, uh, taking over his aunt's estate, however, mind you. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was that was wicked. That was wicked right there, too. Uh, okay, let me see. Uh, okay, let's try this one. In Ferris Bueller's Day Off, who plays the burnout at the police station that Jeannie kisses? Oh, Mr. Tiger Blood himself, Charlie Sheen. That's it. You know, he was also on the TV show, The Goldbergs, because they did a remake of that episode, how and he turned out to be the same character. I had no idea. Yeah, you've got to see it. It's pretty funny. I want to look at it. I'll look that up. Uh, two more right here. In the movie Spaceballs, what does the bumper sticker say on the back of Lone Star's uh, ship? We break for nobody. No, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Lone Star, not, not, no. You're thinking of the enemy ship. Lone Star had the RV. Mm. The, you don't remember the RV? Yeah. The bump server said, I love Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he flew the Winnebago. Yeah. The wing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and last one here, I think this is the most easiest one of them all. What is Indiana Jones' main weapon? Bull whip. Whip, that's right. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Uh, on that note here, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, do want to thank uh, uh, Roddy, uh, Nice Man Jared DiGiromo, and Roddy K for joining us here tonight. A little extended edition here of WWS Outside the Ropes here, of course, for Wednesday, February the 1st, 2017. And thank you, Roddy K, for popping on. He's already left the line here. Uh, and of course, uh, JD is in about 15 minutes. We'll be Brent, we'll be popping on to get you WWS wrestling debate going. Himself and King and WO Gerard T. Smith will will be firing that up here big time. And of course, there'll be more talk here. All I'm sure to deal with Seth Rollins, and I'm sure more talk on the deal with the Royal Rumble, and I'm sure some other wrestling discussion you know out there in the field there too as well. So on that note, uh, I will be returning at nine o'clock for WWS Revolution. As once again, we will do the simulcast through the uh, live video feed on Facebook, as well as TalkShoe.com. So for the Iceman, J.D. Jared DiGiromo, and Roddy K., this is Mr. WWUS Chad Henshaw here. Uh, WWUS Outside the Ropes here, of course, is a broadcast of the WWUS radio network right here on TalkShoe.com, where we're over one year older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. Take care. We will see you on the red carpet. And as always, here in the radio network, God bless. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.